0: So we're still on this forged in fire idea, taking a look at different places in the scriptures that God uh, reveals himself in fire, tests people with fire, different ways he shows up and uses that element of fire um, to prove faith in his people. Um, And so far we've been in uh, the Old Testament the whole time and that's not gonna change tonight. Um, But what we are gonna look at uh, is actually gonna lead us into next week. Next week is the last, sermon in this series and so uh for tonight it's dedication of the church but it's part one all right this could have been one really long sermon and i knew you all did not want me to do that so i had to break it up into two parts um but i feel like this part in the old testament really sets the stage and we need to look at the history and understand it So that next week we move into the New Testament and see how it translates there um, to understand the significance of it. So for tonight, what we're going to be looking at is the story out of 2 Chronicles. Um, It's one of the history books of the Bible um, where Solomon has built the temple and it's time to dedicate it. So at this point in the story, um, you know, Solomon is King David's son who preceded him uh, as the next king of Israel. David had wanted to build this great and magnificent temple to God, uh, but God had told him, no, that's going to wait. Your son's going to be the one to do this, um, because there were a few issues with David being uh, the right guy for the job. And so now we've made it to that point. Solomon's done all the work. They've put all of the materials together, all the um, Very skilled builders had been building and forging and, you know, cutting the stone and making this magnificent temple to God. And so when we pick up the story here, um, it's in 2 Chronicles chapter 5 is where we're going to start. That's where we're at is the temple is finished and it's time to move everything into it because so far since the time of moses they had this elaborate tent set up that was to house the ark of the covenant and all these things and that's where they would go and meet god but now there's going to be a permanent place so that it wouldn't be taken down and moved every time they moved like we talked about with the pillar of cloud and fire now there's going to be this one central spot where they can go and meet with god and so when we pick it up in chapter five it says, when all the work Solomon had done for the temple of the Lord was finished, he brought in the things his father David had dedicated, the silver and gold and all the furnishings, and he placed them in the treasuries of God's temple. Alright, so all that stuff, all of the important stuff that had been a part of this kind of mobile uh, church tent thing for years, now it's time to bring them in. Um, the main uh, Thing there is going to be the ark. We'll get to that part. So then Solomon summoned to Jerusalem the elders of Israel, all the heads of the tribes and the chiefs of the Israelite families to bring up the ark of the Lord's covenant from Zion, the city of David. And all the Israelites came together to the king at the time of the festival in the seventh month. So basically Solomon has said, gather everybody. This is a huge day. Call in all of Israel. We need to celebrate this the right way. And he has them bring up the Ark of the Covenant. So if you haven't seen this yet, um, it was a big chest. Um, I'd imagine most of you have at least seen Indiana Jones. know. if you haven't, go watch it. Um, but there's the big chest, um, really ornate. It had been carved basically just to hold. The tablets with the Ten Commandments and to carry them and this was the big holy thing that Israel had and they treated it as so special I mean they had to have holes just to carry it because nobody could touch it or they would die because it was that holy <laughs> so that's what they're going to bring into this temple I mean think about if that's if that one object is that holy and you know If that's where God's resting, you want to build him this temple, you want it to be something that speaks to the nation so that everybody who comes in, they know immediately that this is something to God and it's impressive. Go ahead, Robert. Let's go to that um, picture. This is one of the pictures of what it would have looked like, this just huge structure. All those little dots about the size of a raising. That's the people coming up to the temple. You know, it was... Made in all these different sections, so if you were you know this type of person, you could go this far, but if you were a priest, you could go a little bit farther. But then there's that one room, the Holy of Holies. The only thing going in there, behind that curtain, is this ark. And they would set it up, and you know on the lid of it there were these um, intricately designed angels, and that was where God would come and rest His presence. And this this one room. They treated it so separate, so special, like one priest got to go in once a year, and they were so scared of what would happen that they tied a rope around his waist so that if he died, because he thought a bad thought or something while he was in there, then they could at least pull his body out. They had that much reverence for God. So they've got it ready, and they take that ark in there when all the elders of israel had arrived the levites took up the ark and they brought up the ark and the tent of meeting and all the sacred furnishings in it the levitical priests carried them up and king solomon and the entire assembly of israel that had gathered about him were before the ark sacrificing so many sheep and cattle that they could not be recorded or counted Maybe one of those things that sounds a little weird, a little disgusting to our culture, but this was just part of the way that worship went during this time. But what stands out to me is that line could not be recorded or counted. Wait, they're counting slaughter? Yes. off? Yes. Okay. All right. They're sacrificing so many animals that it couldn't be counted. Um, The reason that stood out to me is because it's in one of the history books. Um, You know... One of the parts of the Bible that pays attention to numbers, one of the parts that, even if it's this big number, like they take the time to give you the details, but it's happening so fast here. The people are giving away everything they possibly can, just wanting to give and give and give and make this day so special and so perfect because they have this reverence for the holy. They understand what this place is meant to be, and they wanna make sure that this dedication They give God everything they have. And so for a history book to say they're sacrificing so fast we can't keep up to count, just blows me away with how much the people were looking into that. Skip down a little bit here. As this is all going on, um, they're all worshiping through song and through music the way we were doing before. Pay attention to the line, I've kind of highlighted it here, um, but it says the trumpeters and musicians joined in unison to give praise and thanks to the Lord. Accompanied by trumpets, cymbals, and other instruments, the singers raised their voices and praised the Lord and sang, He is good. His love endures forever. And the temple of the Lord was filled with the cloud. And the priests could not perform their service because of the cloud. For the glory of the Lord filled the temple of God. We're not even to the part where the fire shows up. But already the priest can't even get in there. Can't do the sacrifice anymore because God's glory has filled the place. And people are overwhelmed. And they're singing this line. Is good, his love endures forever. You see, by this time, um, they had kind of started to put together what was basically an early hymnal. And so they had all these songs for their worship services. Um, and a lot of what's in there, we know it as the Psalms. So a lot of the things that David had written in Psalms, they were already singing them in glory to God. And I think that's what's going on here. It would be Psalm 136. I'm going to read just a little bit of it to you. Because I don't think they just sang that one part. I think they would have been singing a whole song here. But there's a... You'll pick up on it. It says, give thanks to the Lord... He is good. His love endures forever. Give thanks to the God of gods. His love endures forever. Give thanks to the Lord of Lords. His love endures forever. To Him who alone does great wonders, His love endures forever. Who by His understanding made the heavens, His love endures forever. Who spread out the earth upon the waters, His love endures forever. Who made the great lights, His love endures forever. The sun to govern the day, his love endures forever. The moon and the stars to govern the night, his love endures forever. We're we picking up on the pattern here because there's 26 verses of that where they would proclaim something great that God had done and then they would have that reminder, of his love endures forever. Is that about Psalm 136? the name of the psalm? Psalm 136. Oh. I'll, it's I'll explain it later again. But the songs, a lot of them are. They are those songs that were written in different times of their lives. And this is one that was probably written by David and it's now being used in the dedication of the temple. But as you're writing a history book, I don't think you have to write the whole thing. If something that repetitive is in there, quoting that one little bit, I think it gets the point across. So I think that's what they were out there singing the whole time this is going on. Let's keep going. Um, Solomon, he had made this kind of platform out in front of the temple where he could speak to people from there. And he kind of walked them back through um, all the things that God had done for them. He takes that teaching moment and reminds them of how good God has been and how he showed his love through all of the ages he reminds them of that promise that was made to his father, David, that Solomon would be the one to build the temple. And he reminds them of exactly where they are for that day. And then he starts to pray. And it says, And Solomon stood before the altar of the Lord in front of the whole assembly of Israel and spread out his hands. He stood on the platform and then knelt down before the whole assembly of Israel and spread out his hands toward him. He said, Lord, the God of Israel, there is no God like you in heaven or on earth. You who keep your covenant of love with your servants, who continue wholeheartedly in your way, you have kept your promise to your servant David, my father. With your mouth you have promised, and with your hand you have fulfilled it as it is today. For some, it may sound like a weird start to a prayer here to remind God of the things he's done. But that's one of the ways to worship him and to remind ourselves of exactly what he's done. And that's what Solomon's doing is he's taking the time and he's saying, thank you. You you made that promise, and now here it is. He's focusing everybody on that. And then he has this moment. I don't, I don't know how many times he would have had this moment but it kind of clicked in for him the insanity of all of this. i think because of what he says next but will god really dwell on earth with humans I mean, ha- having that moment when you're praying for the dedication of this temple you've built solely for the purpose of god dwelling there and then it kind of hits you wait a minute This is God it doesn't matter how magnificent I built this building it's not enough why in the world would he stay with us he says the heavens even the highest heavens cannot contain you how much less this temple I have built yet Lord my God give attention to your servants prayer and his plea for mercy hear the cry and the prayer that your servant is praying in your presence may your eyes be open toward this temple day and night this place of which you said you would put your name there. May you hear the prayer your servant prays toward this place. See, for the, he had that moment where it's just incomprehensible that God would dwell with humans. That he would pick one place and be content to come down and be with those people. May you God with us. I mean, think about. It still amazes us today that God would step into time as Jesus and spend time dwelling with us. Solomon was having that moment where he's just overwhelmed with the idea of why us, how, how much you must love us that you're taking us in like this. But he's a realist, and he he sees. How his people are going to be, because they've kind of had this pattern going throughout the whole Old Testament. And so a little bit further into the prayer, he says, When your people, Israel, have been defeated by an enemy, not if, when, when we've been defeated by an enemy, because they have sinned against you, and when you they turn back and give praise to your name, praying and making supplication before you in this temple. Then hear from heaven and forgive the sin of your people Israel and bring them back to the land your God gave to them and their ancestors. This this whole prayer just keeps blowing my mind over and over again. How it's almost like Solomon, yeah, I know he's the wisest guy in all of history, but it's almost like he kind of sees the path that's going to unfold. And so this is the history of Israel. Um, Failure will happen. He's begging God, please take us back when it does. I mean, the fact that he even mentions, you know, when we're taken into this other land, we've been defeated. We know it's because we will have failed you, but please, when we come back and we're praying, take us back. And that's going to happen several times for the Israelites, and they're going to need to remember that. And here in a little bit, we'll get to the part where God responds to that. Now, this next part. If you've been in the uh, community group on Sunday nights going through the circle maker, I want you to focus in on this part. Um, think about Honey and the prayer he had to make. And see if it sounds familiar uh, to one of the other things that Solomon prayed for that day in the dedication of the temple. He said, when, you know, not if, but when, the heavens are shut up and there is no rain because your people have sinned against you. And when they pray toward this place and give praise to your name and turn from their sin because you have afflicted them, then hear from heaven and forgive the sin of your servants, your people Israel. (coughs) Teach them the right way to live and send rain on the land you gave your people for an inheritance. So if you've been in on those sessions, that will sound familiar to you. But if you haven't been, I'll summarize what it is about. Is this priest. Um. It's one of those times when, because of the things going on, it hasn't rained, and the drought's taking over, and he knows he needs to go out and pray for his people, and he walks outside the city, and he draws a circle on the ground, and he steps in it and says, God, I'm not moving until I get rain, and he fervently prays, um, and basically first, there's a little drizzle, and, and you know most people would rejoice saying, wow, God, got my prayers. And he said that is not the kind of rain I was praying for God And you know it I'm not moving until it's the right kind of rain And then it gets so hard that it starts flooding and people are running But Honey stands his ground and says God that's not the life giving kind of rain we need And he keeps praying saying I'm not moving And it settles into that steady stream that saves his people It's almost like Solomon saw those times that would come prayed in advance. I know we're going to mess up, but when we come to this temple and we pray, God, please hear us. All right, let's keep going. It says, now, my God, may your eyes be opened and your ears attentive to the prayers offered in this place. Now arise, Lord God, and come to your resting place. You and the ark of your mind. May your priest, Lord God, be clothed with salvation. May your faithful people rejoice in your goodness. Lord God, do not reject your anointed one. Remember the great love promised to David, your servant. So this is, this part of the prayer is kind of that. Will you really turn your attention to us? God, all these things I've been praying for, now we're at that time where, God, if this is really right, turn your attention your focus on us. Hear what we're praying for. Remember the promise. Let's keep going here. It says, When Solomon finished fire, fire came down from heaven and consumed the burnt offering and the sacrifices. And the glory of the Lord filled the temple. The priest could not enter the temple of the Lord because of the glory of the Lord filled it. If you've been here with us, think back through all these times that God has shown up in that fire to lead his people. The burning bush with Moses. The pillar of fire leading them day and night. The fire that fell down from heaven in front of Elijah and the prophets of Baal. This is another time where the fire is the response and the affirmation of what Solomon has been praying for. How will you really dwell with us? Will you really turn your attention to us? God answers, yes. That fire is a very emphatic yes. who are my people. But as we've seen with Isaiah, there's also that idea that the fire, the coal, can be that cleansing, that dedicating thing, like it is here with the temple. It marks something significant, something special, happening in that time and place. the people see this, it affects them. It says, when all the Israelites saw the fire coming down and the glory of the Lord above the temple, they knelt on the pavement with their faces to the ground, and they worshipped and gave thanks to the Lord, saying, He is good. His love endures forever. Once this has happened, God kind of gives some of His response to everything that he Solomon has been praying for and this is what he says um, this probably sounds familiar to some of us it says, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sin and will heal their land it was God's response of, yes I know you're going to mess up too I know that there are going to be times when I have to turn off the rain to remind you. I know there's times when you're going to have to lose in battle, be captured, to remind yourselves of what's important. Yes, come back. Call on my name. I will accept you. It's a pretty big promise from God. He's there waiting. He you know, like Solomon looking down the timeline, seeing all the things that would happen. God had already seen it all, knew about it all, and had a plan for it all. It culminates in Jesus. But this vision of the dedication of week, um, as Paul Harvey would say, the rest of the story we're going to see how this comes in and translates in the New Testament. When fire comes in is that response again, that affirmation, the something special happening here, that cleansing and dedicating of what the new church would look like. Now sometimes as we're kind of Going through the music, um, worshiping at the beginning. Uh, sometimes I wish that like you would hear the message before the music because there are times when we're going through the music that, you know, picked because it sounded right, and, but like it starts to blow my mind because I see the message coming. And it's like, wow, this music is really cool. So every once in a while, I'll pick a song that we kind of can close on because it just really fits. Um, And so we're going to kind of call one back from years ago um, and close on it, and, yeah, we're going to do it a little different. We're actually going to use the guitar for once um, instead of the videos. Um, But it's this old song called Forever. Uh, It's by Chris Tomlin. Um, I didn't really remember how old until, like, I sent out something about it the other day, and college-age kids were saying, what is that song? Yeah, it's older than them. And I realized it, but there's so much good in this because it's taken straight from that song. And so I think you'll be able to pick up um, on the repetitiveness of it pretty quick. So let's sing together.